Hey everybody, guess who's back from the dead? Not literally, uh, it's just been a while since I've recorded a podcast For lots of reasons, we've been pretty busy um, I haven't really been feeling it It hasn't been rocking me, as uh, one of my favorite musicians likes to say um, I used to not really get why artistic types you know, wouldn't necessarily go back to the well or do something that we knew they were good at but and that everybody liked, but you know, maybe they weren't feeling. And then I I listened to an interview with um Walter Schreifels, the guy, the you know, front man of Quicksand and Rival Schools, one of my favorite musicians, and he just kind of mentioned, you know, I just would stop doing this band or that band just because I just wasn't feeling it, man. It wasn't doing it for me. And I used to not get that as a as a younger younger person. But now as a 41, about to be 42-year-old, I totally get it. And, uh, you know, I've gone through that with music. I've gone through that with movies. Um, I've gone through that with the podcast. I just wasn't really feeling it. Not that I didn't want to do it. I just, there was no reason to, like, just sit down and force me to do it. Like, that's something I felt I had to get out, felt I had to talk about, uh, people I felt I had to get on. I just, you know, I just wasn't doing it for me for a while. So I took an extended hiatus, as you can see. Um, I think the last one I did was when I did the Reset the Sun stuff with Jeff. So that was, what, like over a year ago. Uh, so, um, But we're back, uh, partly because we have stuff to talk about now, partly because I have more time, uh, partly because I just am in generally a better place um, for a lot of different reasons. So... Um, Hopefully soon we can bring Chris back in, bring Brittany back in. Chris is actually on set in Oklahoma right now. He has been for uh, several weeks. He's working on some TV movie stuff up there. Uh, so he wasn't able to join us, unfortunately, because he did work on the movie that we're talking about today. He was the assistant director on it. Today's guest is Yusef Abu Taleb, and he was the uh, co-writer, producer, and one of the stars of West of Hell which was formerly titled Cold Descent, which before that was called Lazarus, which is pretty appropriate since the podcast is back from the dead. Um, but uh, West of Hell actually, two days ago, this is Thursday I'm recording this, on Tuesday, uh, it came out Tuesday, August the 23rd. Today's the 23rd. Tuesday, August the 21st, uh, it came out on Redbox, and it's available all over the country. It's not at every Redbox. you got to search for it. And see where it's available, but just in my zip code, there's like five around me that I could get it from. So, although it's not at every single one, it is readily available, and uh, it's there's plans to you know roll it out further. So, listen to the podcast for more details. But Yusef is actually, uh, you know, one of the few people I've met that I look forward to working with again. He and I just really get along. I think you can hear that on the podcast. I just really look forward to speaking with him. He as well has kind of chosen to continue doing. Hollywood type stuff outside uh, of Hollywood. Uh, he did live there for a while, but he um, moved. Actually, he didn't. I guess he wouldn't didn't choose. He'd move for personal reasons, but um, which he'll talk about a little bit. But um, he's also roughly the same age as me, so we kind of approach things from a different, from the same sort of perspective. So I really wanted to get him on and get him talking about uh, West of Hell and about. You know, the process of making the movie, how he kind of had to retool the movie a little bit after they started editing and 
you know, just all that stuff, the nuts and bolts stuff that I find pretty interesting. And then he, he also talks about being a former YouTube celebrity back before that was a thing. Um, he was actually one of the first, if not the first. So he, he kind of talks about that. And uh, he talks about his burgeoning stand-up comedy career. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad to be back. I'm excited to be back with this episode. We've got a couple more coming up that are going to be really awesome. I've actually got a couple of projects that we're wrapping up now that are going to be really awesome to talk about. Uh, so awesome that I wish I had documented them during the process so that I'd have more, like I wouldn't have to just revisit everything through my decidedly shoddy memory. Um, and I actually had things to reference, but you know, regardless, we'll be talking about that stuff too. Uh, yeah. So enjoy this return to form, hopefully, um, with Yusef Abu Taleb and go check out West of Hell available at Redbox right now. Uh, I worked on it with Yusef. I was the line producer. No, I was the UPM. I'm also a co-producer on the film. So for those of you that always ask me, where can I see your stuff? Here's another chance. Go see it. Go check it out. Um, it features Tony Todd, the Candyman. Uh, Michael Eklund, who was on Winona Earp, uh, among a bunch of other things. Uh, Lance Hendrickson, obviously a very uh, prolific actor. Um, and a ton of other great people. It's got a great cast, actually. Richard Reilly, uh, Gerald Prescott, uh, Jen Laporte, who is in Klinger with us. Um, yeah, so go check it out and enjoy this discussion with Yusef. Okay, you are officially being recorded, Yusef Abu Taleb. <laughs> so, uh, like we did a little catching up beforehand, but yeah, man, it's it's great to hear from you. Honestly, like I'm, uh, like I told you, like I mentioned before, uh, working on what Cold Descent now West of Hell is probably yeah. one of my favorite. It's definitely one of my favorite sets. Yeah, I just had fun with you guys, and I'm glad that. I'm glad the timing worked out too. Like the movie pretty much just came out in the U.S., so it's all. Yeah, it's crazy. It came out uh, Tuesday, and today is what today's Thursday, I think. So, just came out Redbox. I'm pretty. I'm pretty excited about that because it's my first movie that I've ever worked on, especially one that where I had like I, you know, there's no one to turn to. You know, what I mean, if something yeah. good, it's on me at that point. Um, right. That went Redbox, so that's I'm. That's exciting to me. Like, I've never had that happen before. And it's everywhere. It's like, I don't know if it's being rented everywhere, but it's definitely in locations from this little town in Virginia that I'm in all the way to L.A. So that that's, I don't know, it's kind of neat to see that. Yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely at some major red boxes here in Houston. <laughs> like, I did a search, of course, and it's like pretty much everyone near me, which is, there's a lot. So yeah. I'm, oh, I'm excited and I'm proud. We'll I mean, I don't know, but yeah, you never know. Never but, know. Uh, but yeah, like you said, just, just that, just it being out there is an accomplishment unto itself. Cause it's like, well, part of that's due to you though, too, to be honest. I mean, you, you, do you remember before we even got going all the, all the, the sag like back and forth and like, Oh yeah. To, I mean, we were on such a crunch just to get the movie going with yeah. stuff. So yeah, I remember. I remember it was right around. We were. It was right around Christmas when we were doing all that because that's yeah. that made it extra difficult. <laughs> yeah, and they were not happy about that either. They, you know. Yeah, 
Yeah, they're like, we're going to be out of this office at 11.59. Yeah. <laughs> we're not yeah. coming back until January 11th. Yeah, yeah, it was intense. Yeah, probably well, let's, crying, uh, I'm crying seven times a day. Just right. <laughs> yeah, totally. Well, yeah, let's, so we'll, we'll do a quick re- rewind. So I guess all the listeners know, um, what's going on, what, you know, what's, what's up with you and where you started from. Can, I guess let's go back and, uh, talk about, I guess, how you got started, started in the biz. You know, like what made you decide like, to move like out to LA? Act, like before West of Hell Cool Descent? Oh yeah, yeah. Before that, like even like kind of what led to what okay. I what I eventually want to get to is the uh, the uh, the YouTube is it the was it a YouTube series. Yeah, that's that's yeah. That's what started everything for me. Yeah, uh, yeah. It was two thousand, I think four, end of two thousand four, beginning of two thousand five, something like that. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it was end of two thousand five, beginning of two thousand six. Yeah, it was somewhere around that. I can never remember dates. But I was living in Virginia, and I uh, I don't know. I always had that that bug to move out to California and I got waitlisted uh, for a college or university and I was like you know what screw this I'm moving to LA so I I just packed up this uh, station wagon it was my dad's station wagon actually even better than that it was it was the car my dad my dad uh, we, we don't come from wealth he worked two jobs and one of them he was working for Pizza Hut at the time and it was he was delivering pizzas and this old beat up station wagon was what he used. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he, you know, I, I kind of lied to him about why I was going out there. I told him that school was free in California. I didn't want to tell him like, Hey, I'm going <laughs> to go for entertainment, you know, yeah. but, uh, he gave it to me to get across the country. And I, I put like a old smelly mattress in the back that I could sleep on. I brought a TV. I brought like, I think a picture and some clothes and, and just drove across the country. There wasn't even a radio. I remember in that car. So I was just like driving across the country to silence essentially. Wow. wow. Yeah. But I remember the first, the first time I saw like the Hollywood, like 100 miles or Los Angeles, you know, that sort of like highway sign. Yeah. Being so excited. And I also remember I had this, uh, I mean, it's sort of cheesy now, but I did it. I had this uh, printout. You know, I printed out like a computer um, Hollywood or bus type deal, and I put it on the back windshield. <laughs> nice. Yeah. But it was so cool because people would actually drive by and honk and give me thumbs up, and it was like so encouraging. It was, right. It was, it's honestly one of the best memories I've ever had. Um, and then I remember I knew somebody that was living in an apartment complex, this girl from Virginia, but I didn't really have anywhere to live. I wasn't going to stay with her or anything like that because we weren't friends. We were like acquaintances. So I drove down the street that she was living on. I saw a for rent sign. I called it. The guy said, I'll meet you in a couple hours. I went over to the Sahara Motel on Sunset. I dropped as much stuff as I could off in the uh, motel room there. It was like 55 bucks. Um, the guy gave me like a 10% discount or something because I just moved here and it was just being nice. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and then I went uh, to Ralph's. I freaking saw Steve-O within like my first hour being in town. <laughs> and I was like, this is great. This is the best thing ever. You know, and then yeah. uh, and then went and rented that apartment, spent all the money that I um, had saved up for first month and last month and whatever deposit. And I was broke at that point, like 
like eating crackers and ketchup for yeah. a, for a yeah. while. And then I got a job at Red Lobster because uh, I had one in Virginia, so I got to sort of transfer out there. And uh, it took me forever to find that because that was before the days of GPS. That's when they had those were those maps. Remember those those like book maps? It was like somebody's name, like Thomas Kelly or. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The. Uh, uh, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, the Thomas guide. Scott. Yeah. And uh, I, I didn't have one of those, so I asked everybody in L.A. where the Red Lobster was. And, of course, there's no Red Lobster in L.A., I found out. It was out <laughs> in Sousa, which is like a 25-mile drive out, so it was a 50-mile round trip. But I had a job. and Right. Yeah, and then uh, I didn't know how to get any kind of uh, acting work or anything like that, so I asked everybody, like, what do I do? They're like, well, pick up L.A. Weeklies, pick up this, pick up that, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh and then that directed, finally, I, I got on, I think it was Now Casting, which I'm not even sure if that exists anymore, but it was like a, kind of an actor website. And I saw an, uh, I saw an ad. Um, it was for a, uh, like an independent movie, and it was called Children of Anchor Cove. And uh, the part was for like some young kid who's kind of like in love with a girl but would never tell her, and she clearly had him in the friend zone. And so I went to this audition, and, I mean, the kid, to me, was described kind of like a dork, you know, and uh, just not, not like, really sweet and, and all that, but just not, you know, not, a, not charismatic, not um, outgoing, not, you know, no confidence type of dude. And I remember walking in the room, and everybody in that room was so good looking. They mm-hmm. just had muscle on muscle and like hair spiked up. And I'm sitting there with my hair down, trying to look as terrible as possible, and like just thinking, well, I, I, I fucked this one up, you know? Like, <laughs> I did not. I guess I didn't see the role the same way. I messed that up. But I ended up booking it. And it later on turned out to be Lonely Girl 15. Oh, uh, wow which was the first kind of web series of his time. And, uh, I mean, there wasn't even web series back then. It wasn't even, a th- it was never a thing, you know. I remember we met at Earth Cafe that when they offered me the uh, the gig, they offered me and Jess Rose the gig. Mm-hmm. And I know Jess was super hesitant, but I thought it sounded amazing. I was like, oh, my God, this has never been done. This is like, this is crazy. What they wanted to do was make a movie at first. So they wanted to like draw people in an audience in on YouTube, um, make them think we were these real kids. And then six months later, we would like just disappear. That's what was supposed to happen. We were supposed to disappear. And then another, and then we would have gone off and shot this movie and had people searching for these kids that didn't know who they, you know, who these kids really were. Right. And six months after that. Lonely Girl 15, the movie, and it would have been like, it was going to be like a promo, essentially. Um, Gotcha. Yeah, but it didn't turn out that way. Uh, There was like some set photographers and some like fans of the show that like traced links and emails and things like that, like IP addresses back to CAA, which eventually ended up uh, repping the show before it even came out. Um, Wow. Yeah, it was like, it was crazy. And then all of a sudden, I remember there was a spread in the New York Times basically saying, like, 
I mean, we had been in like the, I think the LA Times and New York Times before that spread, that particular spread, like kind of who was this type deal. Um, right. But I remember it was, uh, there was a spread in the New York Times and it, it had us on the bed, like reading scripts and clearly having been not these, not genuinely these kids, but actually actors. But because of that, it spawned a whole new type of series. And uh, it was like this brand new format, an interactive um, show. And I think that it sort of catapulted YouTube in a way um, going forward. You know, a lot of other people tried to mimic what we did. And um, I don't think, I mean, people have certainly been more successful online now. But at that time, you know, nothing like that had ever been done. So it was awesome. Like all of a sudden I, I got to do, it opened some doors. It didn't open a ton of doors for me, to be honest. It opened some, but not a ton. Yeah. yeah. Right. And what, around, remind me what, around what year was this that the, that the series actually came out? 2006. Okay. And then, um, 2007. And then it actually got canceled on my birthday in 2008. I was like, the, oh, wow. <laughs> but it didn't, it didn't even get canceled to be honest what i found out was they just they i had been signed to a contract and they didn't they just i don't know you know how it goes like you know right. they couldn't afford the contract or anything like that and so they wanted to give it a fresh start and they did a completely different series well it wasn't instead of lonely girl 15 it was now called lg 15 like resistance or something and they cat they kept a couple of the main characters not not any of the original original ones but like the pretty original ones right and they added a couple new characters and um and then went from there and so i remember i was we're we're all like friends now and stuff um but i was i was a little hurt back then of course yeah but you know you gotta pretend like everything's cool or whatever but that actually yeah. catapulted me now into getting into producing films. So I had like sort of put my foot into producing while I was on Lonely Girl um, with my buddy John Suits, who was shooting his thesis project, which was only supposed to be a short, but he's an overachiever and decided to do a feature. Uh -huh. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. So I, I came on board as a co-producer. And, uh, I, he was like, he had lost like his producer or something. He was like, you, Hey man, uh, I don't know what you're doing, but maybe would you want to come on board as a producer and help me get this movie off the ground? And I was like, I don't know what producers do, man. He was, <laughs> yeah. He was like, nobody does just yeah. come on board and like, you'll figure it out. If any fires start, you put them out. Yeah. Yeah. So I did that. And then that was my first movie. And we got a couple awesome people. We had Kim Estes, who won an Emmy last year. We had Alexander Paul from, like, Baywatch. I mean, all these people came out to do – it was, like, a $40,000 movie, but they all came out to do it. We had some other – we had a bunch of cool people um, in it. And I kind of liked it. And, like, I enjoyed aspects of it. But sometimes I think like I should have pursued acting a little bit harder there instead of producing. Right. Because sometimes I feel like I only get, you know, like people want to use me as a producer. And if I'm not interested in producing their project, they, you know, maybe 
get a little upset or something like that and then just don't want to even cast me, even if they were interested in the first place. Not always the case, but it's happened. Yeah, 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 yeah. I got you. Yeah. And that, that, that movie was called? That one was Family of Four, but that led me to... Um, that led me to a movie called Growth, which we shot in Martha's Vineyard, which was by far the hardest movie I've ever shot. I mean, shooting an independent sci-fi horror film on an island that rains all the time, and it's like a little mini island that you can't get on or off unless you take a ferry, which is only at certain times of the day, and you have to get gear and all that sort of stuff from New York to Boston, Boston to Martha's Vineyard. That was the hardest thing ever. So if you didn't have something... You had to figure it out. And so, I mean, I had yeah. some hats on that project. Um, but that one was cool because it led me to a person who uh, wanted to get into, uh, like, financing pictures. And they they approached me and they said, look, we'd love to make a movie with you. We see all the stuff you're doing for these people. Would you want to make a movie with us? I was like, cool. So then we made... I uh, I came. I, I asked my friend Tara Craig, who's like the bad, the most seriously most badass female producer out there. She's awesome. Um, I asked her to come on board and for her to be the top producer. To be honest, because you know I hadn't taken on a movie on my own like this. I'd done like some some line producing and stuff like that in between. There was like you know some other films. But I'd never yeah. really taken one on on my own like that, so I was a little scared. I was like, hey, can you help me with this? She was gracious enough to help me. Uh, we shot that one in L.A. and New York. Um, and uh, got like a kind of a VOD release. We never got it in Redbox or anything like that. Um, but it was cool. And then that led to wanting to do another picture. And uh batted around a couple scripts for a while, but I had had one that I wanted to make on a train for a while. So I pitched that, which was a little bit different than West of hell. Yeah. Uh, uh, they kind of liked it, but they weren't super into it. Um, I had Michael do kind of like a complete rewrite, like, you know, take like the, the essence of what I wanted and just do something a little bit different. He made something totally different. It was on a train, but you know, some some of the same ideas, but not. It was different than it was different, uh, but it was cool. It was really cool, I thought. Um, and uh, so I pitched that, and they were like, "Yeah, that sounds cool. Let's do this one." Uh, only problem is, um, if we're gonna do this, you know, there's like there's tax things and things you gotta do, like for uh, if you for financing. You know what I mean? If you need to get them in, so it was kind of like we if we're gonna do this. We need to do it in like two months because the tax year ends December. So right. the money and all that sort of stuff needs to move it now and get into, um, you know, we need to be shooting in January and be done by February because we have other obligations at that point. So then uh, that's when I said, well, Michael, you've been a part of this for so long. Why don't you direct it? And I know you also have a movie at Slam Dance right now. Why don't you get your team together? And then that brought me to you, and you were a godsend. You're just awesome, man. Awesome to work with. Awesome with all the paperwork, all that sort of like 
stuff that I hadn't fully done. I mean, you knew so much more than I did. And, uh, and then we went, you know, I mean, all that, all that grueling pre-production. <laughs> yeah. Which was not enough. I mean, rushing. Right. Right. The movie. I mean, when you don't have tons of money, you know, I mean, you're sacrificing something, you know, if you're also, so, I mean, that's something I've learned, you know, from that, from here on out, no matter what I'm doing, I need like two months of pre-production. Yeah, totally. But I mean, we got it done though, which is, yeah, that's, I mean, the truth is, sorry, man, I feel like I've been ranting. Uh, no, no, it's fine. That's exactly what this podcast is about. <laughs> just like getting, just getting it all out there, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the truth is though, like people do say like, Oh shit, how'd you do this and that? And you know, how were you able to, it's just, you're presented an opportunity. I don't think you're ever going to be ready. You just got to do it. Right. Right. And if you don't, it's not going to get done. You know what I mean? If you keep pushing, exactly. it's not going to get done. So you just do it. Yeah. And then once you start, you've got to finish. You know you, what I mean? Like, oh man! Yeah. So finish. West of Hell was. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll we'll definitely get to that. Um, so we'll put we'll we'll pause that, and then let's. Uh, I'd like to actually go even further back. Like what when you were back home initially? Yeah. What got you? What got you focused on wanting to come out west and start acting in the first place? Like what? What light? What lit that spark in you? I've wanted to do that. <laughs> this is going to be a little embarrassing. Uh, I wanted to do that kind of stuff since I was a kid. Like I've always had that like need for I don't know some sort of storytelling, entertainment, right thing. I've always wanted to do that. But then uh, in high school, I, I fashioned myself a rapper. That's what I thought. <laughs> <I would. laughs> um, yeah, my name was Taboo. Because my last name's Abu Talib, and there was this like tough kid named Alberto or something like that. I remember in in like early high school that I like to hang out with, and he was like, "Nah, man, you're not Yusuf anymore. You're taboo now." And I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> oh man, please tell me there's like photographic proof or video of this somewhere. Uh, so. There isn't, but I did like okay. So that that first movie I did in New York and L.A. You know that first, not the first movie, but the f- kind of one where I was approached and you know, um, there I, I did a short film once for my sister, um, and I portrayed a very goof, even more goofy character of myself, like. You know, like I, I took what I was in high school, sort of, and made it a little bit goofier. But so I took parts of that original footage, like her little short school, like a uh, short film from school, from like high school, not even like not even like a like a film school, and put it into that movie. So it can be seen. It's out there somewhere. That is <laughs> honestly probably the best work I've ever done. Was that little short? <laughs> so ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so what was the path from uh from taboo from taboo well to um, acting? Yeah. So two things happened. One, the Black Eyed Peas came out, and one of those guys was named Taboo. So I was like, great, now I got to change my name. <laughs> <laughs> and then Eminem came out, and he was just like so much better than me, like so <laughs> so much. Like I just was like, yeah, that's this is this is unrealistic. I should go with something. 
realistic. I know, actor. That's realistic. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> that's, that's how that happened, yeah. <laughs> and then um, I was actually with a – I was like – I was supposed to move to L.A. Um, so I was in college, right? Uh, same little town that I'm in right now, actually, surprisingly. Um, but I moved out, you know, to college and – I was kind of going through the motions. I was a terrible student in high school, uh, like awful. Like I barely skated by. Like I think I got a D in my last class, and it like ju- I like literally just barely passed. Like I think the teacher even like I ran into the class while people were taking the test, and I was like, "Did I pass?" And I think the guy just was like, "I'm going to give you five points so you can pass and get the hell out of my class." And I remember screaming like, "Yeah, I'm going to graduate!" and ran out and. <laughs> People, people that didn't even know who I was cheered for me. It was well, good times. So I came to college, and uh, while I was here, I was you know going through the motions. I actually did well in, in college. I put myself through community college, though, because, again, we weren't wealthy. Um, so uh, I, I put myself through that, and I took it a little bit more serious. I mean, I still partied. Um, I've got that bug, the party bug. Um, but... I took it more seriously because, you know, I had to pay for the stuff now. So, like, I'm not, I don't like wasting my own money. Right. Yeah. So I did that and, uh, took me, it took me longer than two years to get, to get a uh, college, uh, to get to the associates though, because I couldn't take a full load. I had to work, you know, as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. Uh, but while I was at Red Lobster in this little town, I met some people that said they were filmmakers. And I was like, you know, I've always wanted to be an actor. And this ended up being the people that I sh- shot that thesis with in L.A. down the road. So it was kind of funny how that happened. Yeah. But so I met yeah. them. Like, yeah, totally. I want to be an actor. And they were like, yeah, you know, everybody's super supportive in a small town where nobody has ever done anything. You know, yeah. every so like dreams are always like everybody's welcoming and supportive. And you go to L.A. and then it's like cutthroat, you know, so you don't yeah. see you don't realize that. Um, and I remember one of my worst ever auditions was for them when, when they first got to LA, they were going to make a movie. I don't think the movie ever happened, but I auditioned for them for some mobster role. And I came in with a suit and it was just awful. It was just like so embarrassing that they, (laughs) even though like I had gotten on lonely girl down, down the road and actually was like, you know somewhat recognizable to people, they still were kind of like, yeah, no, you can be in the movie, but you're going to be a smaller role. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those good times. Wow. Actually, I, I remember I had another terrible audition that I'll never forget. Like, uh, it was while I was on Lonely Girl, and uh, I remember it was for the role of a Justin Timberlake type of person. <laughs> yeah, and I can't sing. <laughs> so... Please tell me you tapped into some of that taboo, though. Oh, I did. I 100% did. So this is what happened. I didn't think <laughs> I would sing a song for him. I thought the first round would just be like, you know, doing the scene or whatever. So I did the scene. scene was great. And then they were like, all right, so what's the song that you have? And I was like, oh, I didn't think I was going to be doing that today. They were like, well, just pick something. And I was like, my, my brain just went. Blank. It's just like you ever see those old tube TVs that shut down to the little, <laughs> the little dot. Yeah. yeah, the little dot. That's what happened. It was like, <laughs> and I was just like, oh god, what do I do? 
So I started looking around the room and I was like, you know how like uh, Steve Carell and he's like, I love lamp, you know, that sort of a deal. Yeah. I did that, but I rhymed things with other things. Like, I'm sitting in this room, you know, I don't know, doing an audition. I don't know what to do. I don't know. It was just, like, bad, bad, bad. And I was, like, just talking. I was, yeah. Whatever it was, it was, like, the worst rapping ever because I was just explaining what I'm doing at the moment. But to make <laughs> it worse, there was a guitar in that room, and one of them took out the guitar and started strumming along with me, and I know they were just screwing with me. At that point, they were like, yeah, we're never going to cast this guy, but let's just put him through the ringer. And then they saw that <laughs> yeah, they saw I, I had accents down on my resume because everybody, they tell you when you first move there, oh, yeah, just put down every accent. Like, it's fine. You, you'll be able to work on it if you ever get the part. So I had, like, Russian and, like, Southern. And, and so then they were like, hey, do that in Russian now. And I'd be like... You know what I mean? I, I, do the, I probably sounded Jamaican trying to do a Russian accent. Like, it just didn't, nothing worked. I just went out of there like, well, I'm never going to get a job again. You know what I should do? <laughs> Produce movies because then I can get jobs. Yeah, yeah. Smart move. <laughs> so that's what there. <laughs> that's awesome. So, so what... What brought you, like, how did you get to uh, start working with Michael? Like, how did your paths cross? Michael Steves. So Michael Steves, uh, one of my best friends who I'm actually going back to L.A. for uh, in, like, a week uh, for he's getting married. Um, he worked with a huge producer, like Academy Award nominee, a guy named Brian Oliver. Um, he, he did, like, Black Swan. He did just... Rush, he's done so many like huge, awesome movies. Um, he's a cool guy, um, but he's friends with my like one of my best friends. And then Michael Steves came on as an intern for their company. Okay. And I wanted uh, this script written, but I, I, you know, this train idea written, but I kind of I need a fresh take on it. And I, I was stuck, so I hired Michael Steves to write just me a draft because I, I uh, my buddy had told me, you know, hey, read this guy's work. I liked his writing; it was a little bit like goofier, like you know, than than I was looking for at the time. But it was stuff that I liked. Even there's some stuff I still mm-hmm. tell him to make. I'm like, dude, I want to make that movie you got. Uh, but he he like now doesn't want it to be made. He doesn't think it's good enough. But I think it's fucking hilarious. This other thing. But, um, but anyway, so I, I met with him and he was young and he had never, you know, been hired to do a writing job. So he was pretty excited to do it. And, um, yeah, so he wrote it and then I got the, uh, the first draft and, uh, you know, we, I, I basically would like, uh, we went through a few, few drafts of the thing and then. It took us two years from the first draft, though, to actually get to making it. I mean, to get oh, find yeah. play and find people, you know, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. yeah. So, and then when it happened, it was like, it was like, all right, I need the draft right now because I'm going to send it out to people. You yeah. Know? And then you send it out to all these people, and nothing happens, and you're just mm-hmm. waiting. And then all of a sudden, it's like, okay. We got this. We're going right now. You know what I mean? So that's right. that's what I think's funny. I don't know if that's how it is, and like studio films you know if it's like if it goes from zero to a hundred 
to zero, you know, slamming on the brakes back to like 200, you know, I don't, but that, that's how it is for, that's how it's been for me in the indie world. Like, yeah, I, I would probably say like 75% of the things I've worked on have been exactly the same. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I think it's just something about that budget level. Maybe, I don't know, but yeah, yeah. I've, I've encountered it so many times. Yeah. It's cause you can't, you know, you don't have money for pre-production really. Right. You, you know what I mean? Like there's not, there's just almost never money for pre-production. Um, and so I think you try and blow through pre-production as fast as you can, cause you're just afraid you're going to spend all your money before you even shoot. So I think that's, that's why, I mean, yeah. Yeah. So it'd be awesome to shoot, you know, a huge thing, you know, some, I mean, yeah, that, that'd be amazing where you can actually get paid you know, a wage beforehand, take your time, make sure everything's right. But I think they even do reshoots, you know what I mean? I think no matter what budget yeah. level you're at, I mean, didn't they reshoot, like, half of the Justice League? That's yeah. Like a, I mean, how many hundreds of millions of dollars, you know? So. Right. right. And, like, the, the no X-Men stuff, stuff, like, yeah. both those X-Men movies, the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, like, it doesn't, you know, I think it doesn't, doesn't matter what level you're at it's probably the same thing it's just you get paid a little bit more to deal with the heartache later right <laughs> right right <laughs> you can actually kind of write it off as oh that's just the job instead of like this ruined my life for three years <laughs> you know and 2.5 of those years i got no money for it you know totally yeah like yeah. you know yeah i yeah. got you yeah but um, I, you know, I don't know maybe that's the way you get to those points or may i don't know how you you know Different paths, man. There's no, there's no one path in Hollywood, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, so you guys get the, get the, do the rewrite, uh, do the rewrites. You get to a place where they're happy with it. They go green light. We all kind of circle the wagons. We're getting ready to go. And then like, so let's jump into making what was then called cold descent. Um, at that point. Yeah. And, uh, we cut out the entire, we cut out everything that had to do with, it being cold on the train, to be honest, like every yeah. every piece of it, because we changed the ending entirely. Yeah. yeah. So cut out all that, and then all of a sudden the title didn't make sense anymore, and we're like, okay, well, wh what are we going to call it? And we went through so many. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so in cold descent at first, it was like Lazarus or something. Right, and that's right. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. It went I remember from, the first script I got was called that. Yeah, it was called Laz. It went from Lazarus. So we almost went back to Lazarus, but then we didn't have Lazarus on anything. So we're like, well, we never mentioned Lazarus anywhere. So that does, that's not going to make sense. Right. So we went through all kinds of stuff. And I don't know who came up with West of Hell, but I was like, yeah, it's a Western. You know, there's like horror elements. That sounds good. Let's yeah. That. So, <laughs> I mean, what, what, I, what I like about the movie is we were trying to go for that, like, good, the bad, and the ugly, like, 70s look, but mm -hmm. with a... And so I think that's kind of cool because it does have like that, like kind of, I mean, it's not, you know, it's it, the whole thing takes place at night. Um, so you don't, it's not like those daytime shots at dusk or, you know, the, you know, with the tumbleweeds, it's not that type of movie. It's what you've seen, but you know, whoever listens may not have, Right. Uh, but it's, uh, it's got that kind of, I don't know, seventies style filmmaking, I think with a little bit like, a little bit of special effects here and there. I thought, I thought that was cool. Yeah. So did uh, 
what I guess production wise, what do you what do you remember? Like what what things stand out to you from the shoot? So I know I know which ones stand out to me, but I'm sure they're different things because you saw a whole different side of it than I did. Like when we actually got going. Yeah. Um, just like you know how. I mean, difficulties or fun times. I mean, fun, you know, difficulties, obviously making your days. It's like, it's, I don't care. Like I tried to make it as easy as possible by renting one location where we could leave everything. Yeah. And just leave. And I thought, okay, we'll definitely make our days that way. But that's like, you you just, unless you're Clint Eastwood, apparently you don't, nobody makes their days. So it's having to make your days and then rewrite to consolidate future things and, you know, that's the difficulties that I find on like on sets really, you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's just, it's like, it's so hard and you have to be so creative. And I know Michael stayed up every single night trying mm-hmm. to figure out how to make the next day work. I mean, you yeah. too, me, yeah. you know, all of us, I don't think any yeah. of us left. Yeah. Uh, I think, I think uh, probably like, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Our, the arts department probably had the best time. You know, they 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 kind of they got to hang out and have a good time. It seemed like. I mean, it's some you know some of the some of the some of the crews seemed like they got to have a good time. I think um, they seemed pretty tight with each other. Wardrobe seemed like they had a good time. Yeah, I mean, but, I would I I would say that like tough. I like I mentioned. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, I just think it was it was tough. You know what I mean? It's tough to to get any indie off the ground. Oh yeah, definitely. Like I, they, I almost forget about this, but it's like to get the one thing people always bring up to me when we bring up that movie is the food, the food, how the, how much they enjoyed the food, and uh, the um, catering. I remember like to get the deal that we got, I had to go pick it up every day. Right, man, you had to go. So that's the thing, dude. That I mean, everybody has so many hats, and you were. I remember that you had yeah. to, you, like bounce out and you come back with that like beige like heat cooler thing i don't know what it was hot yeah. box i don't know what it was you yeah, yeah. Like, you're like all right man i gotta get like all the the payroll stuff in real quick wait no i gotta go get catering i'll be back yeah yeah but, yeah, yeah it's, and so i had for the breakfast i had to go like it basically added an hour or whatever to because i had to go out to burbank first before i came back around to uh where the set was yeah. to get the food, but like it never, I guess because of what I was dealing with, which like it never really, I was like, man, I could, if this is what the rest of the movies are like, I can do this, you know, for the rest of my life. <laughs> like it was, I was actually having a positive experience for once, you know, That's- and it was, a lot of it was because of, like I said, our, our interaction. Yeah. Like whenever you, cause you know, up to this point, up, up until we arrived in LA that first day, yeah. I hadn't met you. We just spoke That's on the true. phone, we'd right? Been on the phone for, yeah. Right. And for, even prior to that, like we'd only met maybe a couple of weeks before, I guess, a few weeks before. Yeah. Under, under duress. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know yeah. as we're trying to figure out all those SAG stuff. And so, yeah. like, you know, you do this enough, you never know. You're always hesitant, or at least I am. I'm like, okay, what are these people going to be like? You know, what is this guy going to be like that I have to interact with for the next, you know, six weeks of my life or whatever? Yeah. And, that's one of the few times where it's like, I, I feel like we hit stride immediately. We got along. We're roughly the same age, so I think that yeah. helps. You know, yeah. that helps a lot. Uh, yeah. We 
a lot of like your story is very similar to mine. So it's like we kind of see things. So so I was like, man, finally, like a breath of fresh air. Yeah. <laughs> little, li- little did I know, of course, you guys were, ha- you know, having your own struggles just because of, you know, just, th- just making the movie is tough, making- right? Yeah, totally. Um, but, you know, like I said, my side of it, while there was a lot to do for sure, yeah. I, I actually, that, that probably recharged my batteries for a good while, that movie. I mean, I remember having some fun too. Like, I remember, yeah. I remember, uh, Michael Eklund and I just had a prank war the entire time and it started with, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what the very first one was, but it started with I, 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 the first one I remember was a banana peel. Somebody squished a banana peel on somebody else's script. I don't know who if he did it to me or I did it to him, but one of us did it to the other. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I, I, I when I found out about it, like everything had like escalated so far. Oh so, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But that, that's funny. That to me, wallpapering his his uh, his trailer with headshots of myself shirtless. Yeah. You know, different things that we took that morning, probably spent $50 in paper printing them all out and wallpapered his entire uh, trailer. So when he filmed it, so when we walked in, he was like, what the f-? But then <laughs> to him freaking and the entire crew and cast blindfolding me and actually paintballing me on set, like shooting me with paintballs, like a, like a firing squad type deal. Yeah. I still, I still want to get him back for that one because he got the last laugh on that. <laughs> I well, I, about, like sending him one of those glitter bombs in the mail. You know, so. <laughs> well, I, I have to tell you, I do know the person that does all the uh, the graphic work for uh, Winona Earp. So maybe he can draw, you know, oh, put Groucho God. Marx glasses on him and all in the next few posters or something for you. Uh, that, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, so we shot. Remind me that first. So that first period of shooting was it was it four weeks that we did in the studio? Yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah, just, just barely. Yeah, it, it might have been. It might have been three. Okay. And so at we we shoot that. Uh, I think even at the time when we kind of wrapped, we knew that there were a couple things you'd have to go back and shoot. That's correct, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. When we're when we're finishing up, I we missed a couple days and scenes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We knew we were gonna come back for a day or two of reshoots. Um, yeah. I was asked that we wouldn't though. I was like, nope, we're gonna figure it out in the editing room. Right. And, uh, of course, I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so, so talk about that process a little bit. I guess how long did it take you to get that first sort of assembly? Well, we had. Our, our editor had an assembly for us within the first. Oh, week. that's right. Oh yeah. man, I'm, how, had, how am I forgetting all these things? Like, yeah, yeah, we had him on set, you know, putting stuff together at, while we were there, you know. So we had we had a, a rough assembly right away, and then we tr- we went through so many different versions of the asset, like you know, cutting it. We we at one point decided to make it a little bit like slapsticky, so we went okay. with a lot of slapsticky type takes and things like that, and then. It still wasn't coming together as a story. So we went back and started figuring out what we could eliminate. And we basically took a bunch, like, I mean, changed up the entire ending, essentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, and then made it more serious throughout instead of the slapsticky takes. And uh, went to, it was a year later when we actually started shooting the, the reshoots. Right. Uh, we went out to... 
uh, Lancaster, like in the desert. We found these awesome people, um, Bob and Tina. They had their home, and they we uh, rented it out for them. And, and Tina Ashley's a fantastic cook and ended up being our caterer for the shoot, too, because they're overnight shoots. And uh, I think we did, let's see, we did a shoot with me. Uh, we reshot some stuff with Jill, uh, Annie, uh, Tony, and then uh, also with uh, Michael's character. Uh, oh, and then we also, we also shot at Griffith. Uh, park the train area like the Griffith whatever you know train I, I don't remember what it's called right, uh, right. but we shot all you know we did some a reshoot there and got a lot of the exterior train shots and stuff like that which that was awesome like man yeah I it felt, takes it to a whole nother level man like it yeah. is yeah it's it's awesome like yeah. I told you when I saw that first trailer and it yeah. had those train shots with Richard like yeah my heart left in my chest I was like wow <laughs> you know yeah. <laughs> like honestly, I felt like a I felt like a real movie at that point because I was like, man, this is like a legit location, the train, right. everything, the steam coming out. Yeah, that was cool, man. That, that that's one of yeah, that's it's one of my favorite shots. Um, you know, like with Michael Eklund's character, you know, you see the silhouette of the character kind of walking, mm -hmm. uh, and the smoke kind of like swirling around his hat and him grabbing yeah, the gun yeah. out of the holster and all that stuff was, uh, was, I don't know. That stuff was so cool to me. And then I actually loved all the voice stuff. At first I was against, against it, but Michael, Michael Steves, the director, he was like, no, man, it's going to be cool. And it ended up being my favorite stuff. Um, you know, you know what it, the movie kind of seems like to me a little bit. Like it's got like, um, like with those endings, it's kind of got that Texas Chainsaw Massacre from the '70s kind of feel. A little uh -huh. like you know, there's that kind of Leatherface guy. Yeah, it's not not like the not the story obviously, but just the way it's shot and looks and kind of. I mean, maybe not because it's you know void and darkness and all that, but just kind of the. I don't know. Yeah, it's kind of sort of. I might be wrong. I don't know. No, no, no. I can't, or, like or, I never. I, I wouldn't have thought about that, but I, I definitely see it now that you've mentioned it. You know, like I wouldn't have thought about it immediately, but that's true. That's definitely true. There's a. I think my favorite scene is with uh, I think Chloe. I think is the name, but Jill Jill Hoyle's character. It's yeah. Like the last time you kind of see her in the film, which I won't say anything, but that's that's probably one of my favorite scenes. It's just. So like, it, it's like slightly comical, and then goes into just yeah. I, I don't want to spoil it, but that's right, like, right. But yeah, it definitely it gave me pause. Yeah, it, <laughs> it goes. It's just so like it goes from one extreme to the other. Yeah, like slightly comical to just oh my god. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, scene. yeah that 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 part. I was like, wow, man, I wasn't around for this, and I wish I was. <laughs> it's been cool, man. That th those uh, the reshoots were actually a lot of fun to shoot. Um, it was kind of a skeleton crew, to be honest. Um, like it was very skeleton. Yeah. Uh, and when we had, we couldn't even get the same DP um, for each one of the shoots. So if you if you see in the credits, there's a few. Di there's like a different. There's we have like probably four different cinematographers because we each reshoot had to have like its own. 
you know, because everybody's got their schedule. So a year right. later, they're on right. thing. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's like some of the, like the, just all that stuff is just so, it's so cool. Yeah, I agree. Like I really, I, I like where it, where you took it and where it ended, you know, where it goes and, um, knowing, I guess, that you're having to sort of figure stuff out on the fly, not on the fly. I mean, you had a year or whatever, but I get it, you know, cause I've done that so many times and for you to yeah. come out with something that I think is pretty, pretty damn interesting. Um, yeah. I mean, the thing is so hard to like, so, so the good thing about the reshoots is we gave ourselves time this time as opposed yeah. to the first part. So we could really plan it out and make sure it went a lot smoother and it right. did it went so much smoother, man. So much smoother. Um, but the, the hard part, of it is uh is that you really don't know what you're gonna get so you're trying you know i mean the script to the screen everything changes it just does and so with a reshoot when you're trying to plug in scenes you know and or it's not even some stuff's not even reshoots it's like just totally new added scenes you know what i mean right right you don't know what you're gonna get if it's gonna if it's gonna make sense so we after we had that we still had another year of uh, well, like a, like six months of like editing and 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 trying to smooth out kinks. Now that we've done all the reshoots and make sure it all flows, and you know it's not perfect, uh, but it, it it's as good as we could get it and good enough good enough to sell. So that's something. Yeah, uh, yeah. A lot of that is due to. Uh, oh man. Uh, <laughs> Like you'll never know if you don't listen to it in surround sound, but we have a bang in surround sound because uh, my buddy who won he won an Emmy for Westworld. Um, oh wow! Yeah, he's he's the uh, he did like all the sound engineering for Westworld and stuff. He's like the head of I don't know. He won an Emmy for it. He just hooked me up. He hooked me up with a sound package that is ridiculous. I mean, it's I've never. I, I mean, I never expected it. So, like, you'll have, if you listen to it and, you know, surround sound, you'll have little whispers and, like, creepy sounds that start at the very back and will go across the room. And, just, I mean, it's perfect. The sound is so perfect if you can hear it like that. But, you know, probably you'll never get to hear it like that because, you know, that's a, a sort of more of a theatrical thing. But who knows? Yeah. If you have a home... Like a surround sound system, that's, I mean, that's where it's at. It, it makes the movie ten times better. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, I'll definitely have to check it out that way. Um, so how did you, this guy, how did you hook up with him? Was he someone you knew from just working on previous things? or No, so his name's Keith, uh, Keith Rogers. Uh, like I said, he's he's a freak. He worked on Altered Carbon. He worked on, he, he's on everything. Yeah. I mean, he's like he is like the best of the best. Um, no, man, I had a rough time. I actually got into a stand-up um, like a little bit after the film uh, because I just needed some sort of release, you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, 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 totally. Hang out. Um, so uh, I got into stand-up because I started bartending, and I just like everything. It just felt like my entire world was crashing around me, you know. Like, yeah. I went from being, you know mildly recognizable uh you know having been an actor on a show to becoming like a, a 
true like hustling producer and struggling and trying to get everything going to getting burnt out and having spent all the money and now having to go back to like the real world, but not even the real world for my age group. You know, it's like the real world for like people like five to 10 years younger than me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Just parts all that. And, uh, and he was one of my regulars that like, you know, not regular regulars, you know, not there all the time, but he was just like a really cool dude, you know, to come in and talk and, uh, we got to know each other and then he found out I was doing a movie and he was like, dude, you're my buddy. Let me help you out, you know, give you a leg up. And, nice. uh, yeah. And so, I mean, it was really all just out of the kindness of his heart trying to help me get back to a place, um, you know, where, you know, if, if I bartend for the rest of my life, that's what it is. But he, he's, you know. I'm pretty lucky to have had somebody of his caliber give me a chance, you know, or try and help me. Yeah. Like that. Yeah, that's that's fucking awesome. That's special because you don't you don't see that a lot, especially in the world of what we're doing, you know. Yeah. Cause, no, cause he didn't have to do that for you, obviously, based on his credits. But yeah. He knew what was up. And, you know, what? I don't know the guy, but I I could guess maybe he had been in that situation at some point before. You know what I mean? Maybe. Like, I, I think he started. Well, somebody gave him a chance because he was, like, in yeah. music. I do know that. He was, like, yeah. trying to in music. And somebody was like, dude, why don't you come work for me doing this, like, kind of sound engineering stuff? Yeah. And he, so he was like, all right, whatever. And ended up, I guess, loving it and becoming – he's, like, top of his field, you know? Like, yeah. I mean, he's definitely top of TV world, and he's and I know he's got all the studios asking. You know, he's been approached by all of them um, to go, you know, work for the, them and stuff like that. I mean, he was he been. I don't I don't want to give up too much of like all the offers I know he's had because um, it's not not my place to say that. But just he's like top of his field. Yeah, um, yeah, totally. So I think yeah, you know, and also he has a son who uh, is just getting into film school um and i think he maybe you know probably would want somebody to help his son out too you know what i mean down the road yeah, who, who yeah has exactly and maybe places he doesn't you know so yeah. i think he's sort of paying it forward in a way you know which is you know what you gotta do um but so i'll definitely help his son out when yeah. it, when time comes yeah that's awesome man that's awesome um so is is there in sort of retooling the movie into what it has become? Is there anything that you had to that you got that you had to sort of leave behind that wouldn't work with a new version that you wish you would have found a way to keep in? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I lost I lost some stuff that I wish we could have. Like there was this like kind of trippy scene where people meet their alter. I don't know, like not egos, but alter kind of. Uh, like realities you know yeah i thought that would have been really cool but it just didn't fit yeah storyline anymore with whatever our current villains were um but there were there were scenes that like we basically i mean i'm not sure i'm sure you remember but um for the audience we we basically filmed like like tony todd um as his badass self in the movie um, and then also a different version where he was, you know, he took the high road instead of being like somebody that went and murdered people that wronged him and his family, 
Right. And we did the same thing for like Michael Eklund's character, Roland. And then we did one for Annie. Or, I'm not even sure if we did the Annie one. We were going to, but we ended up nixing it pretty quickly. And just, uh, yeah. And then, and then in the reshoots, you know, we realized there was just no way to really put, put that part of the storyline in. So that, that's a bummer. I, I miss that, but it wouldn't work. So, yeah. And then the original, original script called for like the train to be on fire and like beams to fall right. Jericho. And we, uh, quickly realized, even though we had a badass, uh, our co-producer, Nick, or you're one of the co-producers, also the other co-producer, Nick Planico. Um, uh, he's also like a fire marshal and he came on and did me a solid. Um, but we nixed it before he came on because we didn't think that would be something we'd be able to pull off. And also right. the studio we rented said we couldn't <laughs> do that. could burn down the studio. Yeah, that was a, uh, that's something we cut that I wish we didn't have to cut. Um, but, you know, that's that's the nature of independent, low-budget films. You know, you can't afford to do everything you want to do. So you got right. compromises. Right, absolutely. So after you, you, get it, you get it whipped into shape, what was, I guess, what was your process in finding someone to pick it up? Did you, I don't remember, did you guys do, like, any kind of festivals? screenings or anything like that no we didn't do any festivals we went straight to distributors we started off with like people we knew um and then we all dude we almost had a theatrical deal and it got pulled at like the ninth hour oh man Mm -hmm. for i won't say for who but it's for like a big it's a big horror site yeah Uh, they're putting together like their like their horror site name presents and they were going to do there's something like 12 movies a year and be a package sold as a package. And each one of them would have had like a one month theatrical release. But at the, at the last hour it got, we, we ended up getting dropped, which was a bummer. Um, but you know, that happens. Right. Uh, we ended up with, uh, ITN uh-huh. who, as far as I know, I mean, they got us in the red box, uh, yeah. I think I'm not a hundred percent, but I think it's October. We'll be in Walmart. Um, whether that means we will actually make any money back or not. I mean, I have no idea, you know, cause right. that depends on if people rent it or buy it, you know? Yeah. Uh, and then I think we're also working on like a premium, uh, like cable channel is like, uh, there's a potential there. And then I know it went out to Germany uh, before we, like a few months ago, I think in August, it, it went out to Germany, which freaking Germany, I don't know who it was, but whoever was out there, they put it online. So now it's like being illegally streamed, which is honestly, it's a bummer. Like I get it. People don't want to yeah. pay stuff with streaming and all that. But seriously, if you're somebody that streams movies online, illegally downloads them, all you you're not it's most of these movies aren't like these big blockbuster movies but you you just killing guys like me you know what i mean that are have worked on it for three years have not made a paycheck um because we're just trying to you know we're trying to get to that next level you know what i mean and and you can't get next level if you're not honestly if you're not i mean it's a business if you're not making money back on the movie you're not you know chances are 
people will stop hiring you to do those jobs. Right. So, I mean, with your streaming, you really, you really are hurting people. Yeah. Totally. That is illegally downloading. Yeah. Um, do you know, someone asked me this question. I didn't have the answer and maybe you don't know either, but do you, do you know how many red boxes or like what the, I guess what the type of spread it is, like which, you know, I guess is there a certain amount? People would tell me every time they found it, you know, like kind of post, like, I know you saw said you saw it in, uh, in Houston. Um, I know it's in L.A. right now. It's in a, a few places in L.A. It's in my little podunk Virginia town, which is crazy to me to yeah, think. Yeah, totally. Here, so I'm guessing it went to. I mean, I don't know if it's every red box, but uh, I know that it was on the front page when I rented it yesterday. I rented. Nice. It. Yeah, it was on the very front page. New West of Yeah. Like, holy crap, this is so Yeah, cool. that's badass. Yeah. I need to go get a picture. But, yeah, what I, I, I guess I st- I've never really used Redbox, mm-hmm. but I um, I stupidly, I guess, naively thought that everyone had sort of the same lineup, and they just no, they're all universally. Think. Yeah, yeah, and I – because the one right across the street from me doesn't have it, but the one, like, three blocks from me does. And that, so it's kind of, yeah. you know – they're def- it's definitely available. Like you could still walk somewhere yeah. and get it, but it's just yeah. not like it's the closest not, one. So it's not a wide release the way like Deadpool two or Avengers, right? Yeah, where you know they're in all of them. It's probably like it's probably like three. I don't know three. I probably it seems like it might be like ha- half the red boxes have one copy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not like multiple copies, you know, but like, gotcha, you know, kind of deal. Um, yeah, my buddy sent me a photo. Uh, he was like, "What to watch?" And he had Deadpool two, he had uh, Avengers, and he had my movie. And I was like, "Hell yeah, dude!" <laughs> That's Deadpool awesome. two. It's really good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that, <laughs> and that, it's nice because that's the kind of. Now that's the kind of placement that legitimizes it in people's minds too. Like it used to be, I found that you know people were always like, "Was well, it going to be in theaters?" And people still ask that. Yeah. But yeah. now it's like, "Is it going to be in Netflix or is it going to be on Redbox?" You know, like that. Yeah. To them, that's a real quote unquote movie. You know. Yeah. yeah exactly. So that's that's pretty awesome, and that it's that yeah. it's still pretty like widespread. You know, so that's badass. Any. Uh, we almost did Netflix, but Netflix has. Uh, it, it's hard to get it on Netflix, but we we could have got ours on Netflix. Um, but it has a three year exclusivity, yeah, like, or yeah. something like that. So, you know, we didn't in three years. You know what I mean? If it's just on, I feel like you know you kind of lose, like a movie like ours. You know what I mean? Yeah, you, you lose, you lose, yeah, any kind of traction you would have had in three years. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah, totally. So we went the other route, and hopefully it's the right route, but who knows? I don't know. Yeah. And I, so you mentioned Walmart in October. Uh, so, I think so. I mean, I don't want to jinx that? myself, but that's right. what I That would be, be great. Perfect timing. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. that that may, I didn't even think about that. That's a, that's a good point. Yeah. Uh, what about um, – like I guess future I guess streaming stuff. Any talk about that or? Um, uh, I don't know about that yet. Um, okay. Yeah, I mean, I would just I hope 
you know, I mean, I'd love it if we are able to get on something like Netflix or Stars, Showtime, HBO, uh, Hulu, you know, any of those would be cool. Um, and then after, you you know, if we are able to do that after that, going on to, you know, the Amazon Primes and, right. you, know, you know, after like, you know. Um, I don't know also about VOD, um, but VOD you know, almost never really does anything for you, to be honest. I mean, I don't, I don't know anybody that's been on like their, their cable and be like, yeah, you know what? I am going to download this movie right now. Doesn't, doesn't happen too often. As far as I know, maybe I'm wrong though. Yeah. I mean, on my, my last film, a couple of people saw it that way, but it was like, it was definitely outliers. And I was like, Oh really? Like to the point where I didn't even know it was still on VOD at the time they did it. Yeah. <laughs> they I just had, stumbled, you stumbled on it somehow. You know? Yeah. I had a, I had a movie and, uh, this was a few movies ago. And I remember like, they told us, they were like, look, we're going to get on VOD. And then they like really hyped us up. They were like, "We got you in every single market. Hundred million homes will be able to see it." And I'm like, "Oh my god, we're gonna be millionaires!" You know? <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Never thought time. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. Yeah. Um, so you you kind of touched on it a few minutes ago, uh, but I definitely want to want to sort of talk about this. You mentioned starting to do stand up. Yeah, yeah. I, um, I mean, just. You know, everybody's life's interesting if you tell the story right, I guess. But I just think, uh, you know, I just had kind of a weird ride, you know. I mean, moving out to L.A., getting right on a series that nobody even knew what it was. Uh, nobody even knew what the format was. And nowadays, people are like millionaires off that. And then I'm still stuck here, like, bartending, even though we were the pioneers of it and all that. Um, yeah. And going from that to making movies... And then my crazy, you know, I, I'm, you know, I'm half Arab, half English, and just, you know, that like living in that world where people are like mildly racist to you, but don't realize they're being racist, and you yeah. know, and when they feel realize they are, they're like, oh, you know, I didn't mean that toward you, you know, like you're so, one of the good ones, <laughs> you know, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, trust me, trust me, I understand. <laughs> you see, yeah, so. You know, it's like, you know, and then talking about, I mean, I'm, I'm a, I'm the worst dater, you know, ever, you know, so I talk about stuff like that, um, and just family life and, you know, all that stuff. I just had to get it all out. So I, so I got into stand up and, uh, it's like anything else in LA, it's hard to get somebody to put you up, to give you some real time. And I was actually getting to go up. I was getting booked like early on at least once every two weeks um for shows but you're not making money off these shows you know what i mean they're like yeah. i was doing like five seven minute sets not like headlining or anything like that and i had tons of material i'd already i had already wrote um to be honest i wrote it because i i uh, was super depressed and i started going to a therapist mm -hmm. and my therapist really pushed me to do this like 90 day challenge where for, uh, I do stand up on my own every single day for 90 days for at least an hour. Um, like whether I was sick, whether I was hungover, whether I, I had to be on a plane and then drive somewhere, which that happened too. You know, I, you just find the time to do it. Whether yeah. people are in front of you or not, you just do it. 
So by doing that, by the end of it, all of a sudden I, I had, a, you know, I started off just talking to myself, like not knowing what I was going to talk about, but then that turned into more and more bits and then it turned into an hour long show. And all of a sudden that within three months I had an hour's worth of material that I thought was pretty funny. And I was, you know, with my producing background and I had people from like the bar and stuff like coming out to see me every time I, you know, booked a five, seven minute set or whatever. Yeah. Um, I was like, I'm, you know what? I'm, I'm really loving this. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. I'm going to shoot a one hour. So I, uh, I called it washed up YouTube star. Um, <laughs> I self-proclaimed, I guess, first ever washed up YouTube star. Um, and I, uh, I got in touch with the, the folks over at black magic and they hooked me up with like tons of cameras and then Kino flow lights hooked me up with lighting and, uh, my buddy over at, uh, uh, in a Hollywood, a Hollywood Boulevard, he has like the Houston brothers, they own the best bars in LA. Like they're all these speakeasies. He had a, uh, a speakeasy stage, uh, like a speakeasy, but with a stage, like kind of, kind of deal. It was like intimate and kind of cool. And he hooked me up and like all these people were just like really willing to help me out again. And so I shot, you know, I, I, I filmed it in one day. I filmed two back-to-back shows. They were about an hour 15 each. And uh, I picked the best show to go through editing. It's just about done now. It's um, it's it's funny. Honestly, I'm, it's the thing I'm most proud of that I've ever done. So I'm going to hopefully send it. We'll see who it goes to, if anybody picks it up or not. But I have some pretty good leads on it, and I think... I think it's kind of an interesting idea. I watched a YouTube star, you know, that's, that's kind of a, I think it's kind of a hook, you know? Yeah, no, I agree. Like I, I definitely, I'm definitely looking forward to see it. So see, seeing it. Cause I remember when you were talking about it and I was, you know, sort of reposting the link for it when you were like fundraising and stuff. Yeah. Uh, I was like, man, yeah, I really want to, Yusuf's a funny guy. I really want to see this bit. <laughs> this is pretty, pretty If you want, man, um, if you want, I'll send you an early link uh, for you to check out if you want to. Oh, yeah. I, w- yeah. I would love to. Okay. I would love to. Yeah, because, uh, yeah, I think, like I said, you know, we're simpatico on a lot of things, like the way we sort of see the world. <laughs> I think that's why we get along. So, uh, yeah, I'd love to check it out. And, I, you know, I, I hope I hope that it gets out there in a way that other people can see it. Have you ever, have you ever thought about doing like a, like a podcast or anything? I used to do it way back when I was on Lonely Girl. Oh really? Called, yeah, it was called Fresh Off the Boat, or it was no, sorry, it was called The Fob Life. Uh, <laughs> okay, I got uh, you. <laughs> yeah, and it, me and my buddy Reza, who's also half, he's half Persian as opposed to me being half Arab and half white. Yeah, and, uh, we used to honestly, we used to just get hammered, and I got offered the show, you know, because I was on Lonely Girl and I had an audience at the time. So I used to go into a studio that I don't think exists anymore. Um, yeah. And actually, my studio engineer was a guy named Rafi Fine, who's one of the Fine brothers now, who's, like, huge on YouTube nowadays um, and, like, runs his own company. But he started off on our show, um, and we used to just get hammered on air and take calls and talk about the most random stuff. And we'd always have some sort of guest, like, you know, not anybody huge or anything. I mean, some people, like... Uh, some people were decently known, but, um, we'd have a guest and we would just 
just have the just a blast, man. Just a I wish I wish we had the recordings there. You know, we didn't think to record all that stuff back then. We just went on live. It was like a live podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So aside from getting the comedy special wrapped up, what else what else you got going on? Any productions coming up or anything you're working on? Yeah, um I am trying in terms of productions, I have I have a couple things that are that I'm really excited about but i haven't shared with anybody i have a uh i have something that i'm trying to i'm i'm trying to move into um bigger productions so if that means i take a step down you know and I, I don't get to be a producer or something but i can sell a movie that would be a 10 or 15 million dollar type movie um and i just get like a writing credit on it or something like that that's fine because i just want my foot in the door for bigger projects or bigger you know Bigger places. Yeah. So I've one that's very studio level, hangover esque um, type of film um, that I'm sort of pitching around to select people that I know. Um, and then I've got one that uh, I want to do smaller, but I I want to you know I want to shoot it in the Middle East. It's very close to me. Um, mm-hmm. It's kind of a uh, it's a Middle Eastern project. I would probably be like I'd be the lead, you know, I'd produce it. I would, I would do all the grueling work, but in the Middle East, but it's like super, uh, I don't know, super close to me. So that one, I don't know where I'll get financing for though. Cause if I'm going to be honest, a lot of people, uh, don't care about any kind of Middle Eastern problems. Like even one of my buddies right. wanted to globe, uh, for a film. It was like a Middle Eastern type film. And I sent it to him cause he's pretty wealthy. And he was like, he was like, Yusuf, nobody gives a shit about us. Like, honestly, go make an action film, make some money on it, and and forget about these kinds of films. He's like, it's great, it's a great movie, but he's like, no, nobody's gonna care to watch it. But I don't care. That was just more like, that's just more fuel for me to get it done. Right, right. And you know what's 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 interesting is I've heard there's a a couple of things I have that are very sort of like black experience or at least mixed black person experience which are based yeah. on my stuff and it's like i would hear for years nobody's into that nobody's into that nobody wants to know and then like get out comes out or moonlight does well you know what i mean like yeah it, totally. obviously it people want to see that stuff so yeah so it's like when, when i hear that i i think of it as more like it's not that people don't want to see it i you're this is an underserved community that's looking for something to watch exactly yeah you know so totally. Actually, that one I uh, I also hired Michael Steves to kind of write. It's kind of like a, it's kind of a Palestinian Israeli conflict story. Wow! And Michael's got some you know Israeli background in his family, and my yeah. family has uh, the Arab you know background and, and Muslim background. And so I thought it's kind. Of, I, I like the idea of having uh two different sides that were both collaborating on the same project and kind of telling a story you know yeah then i um one of my sisters is uh, she's my half sister but um she's also half palestinian i'm half jordanian um because our our father's jordanian but her mother's palestinian so uh she's becoming a she's a student filmmaker and, and um and so I brought her on board and it's kind of been like this family and like friends project that 
Uh, I, I, but it, it's gonna, you know, it is gonna cost money more than something like Wesley Powell. It'll cost, yeah. like, I mean, honestly, it'll cost probably like a million or probably two million uh, to shoot over there. But it's, it's good. It's just so good. I just gotta find the right person to help finance it. Um, and I don't know that person yet. And then the other thing I have, uh, uh, because of my stand up and uh, my situation. So I moved out to Virginia because my mom. Um, was diagnosed with uh, essentially terminal pancreatic cancer. Um, so I started writing kind of a pilot about my situation, you know, about living in this small town, having just moved out here to be near my mom, um, but having also being a washed up YouTube star and then being in a small town while, you know, movies are coming out and things are coming out still. Yeah. While still you know bartending in a small town it's like such yeah. a weird it's like weird like people look at me and they don't really understand what it is you know they don't you know they're like wait i can go to yeah. a movie you're in you know i mean this is happening. yeah but, but you're making my drinks yeah I, again man like again we're like right in the same spot <laughs> yeah you know what i mean exactly yeah, yeah. but also yeah. dealing with my mom's side of you know with her illness and all that so yeah totally kind of a kind of a dark comedy uh, and I, I'm sort of writing the pilot right now, and then I, I, I'll put together a summary and a trajectory of where I want season one to go, and then future seasons where they could go. And then I've never done this before, though. So I mean, again, yeah. this me jumping in the deep end, like I always do, like I did with the stand-up, like I did with the movies, just going, you know, screw it, I'm going to do it my way, and you know, we'll, we'll see if it works or not, you know. Yeah. But. Um, that's what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping that the stand-up, that I can get it to somebody who would give me a chance, like the YouTube premium, you know, sites. Right. Uh, since I had relationships with YouTube in the past, and and uh, I'm hoping that you know, if if somebody like them picks it up, you know, I mean, or I mean, Netflix, whoever, whoever, if somebody picks it up, that they would, you know, maybe be interested in shooting some sort of pilot and then if i i mean this is all dreams you know what i mean but like yeah. if i if i got to shoot something like that i would probably try and shoot it out here in virginia you know and yeah and, and totally. feel of all this sort of small town you know what it is and yeah but i you know it's interesting to me but then i guess you know we always think our own lives are interesting you know so I, you can never tell if somebody else is going to think it's interesting also. And I don't know. I, I guess I'll just find out if I get the chance, you know. Yeah. Well, I, I think anything like that, if it comes from an honest place, you know, so it's going to it's gonna affect somebody. Somebody's going to plug into it, you know, because there's, like I said, it already speaks to me, you know what I mean, just because, you know, we're, in, you know, I, I can relate to a lot of that stuff. Yeah, um, I mean. You, I, I don't know how you, you have like, honestly, you impressed me the way you were able to get so like most people think you have to live in LA or New York to get anything done or even Atlanta now, but you've been like, I mean, working steadily, movie to movie kind of thing, which is wild to me because you're based out of Houston, right? Correct. So yeah. yeah, I can see, yeah, how you relate, like also living in a smaller town and yet doing all this, you know, Hollywood-esque you know, stuff. So, yeah. Right. You know, and people not taking you seriously because of where you're at. And then mm -hmm. yeah, like exactly. so many times you go out there and you know more than they do about 
hopefully, yeah. Putting shit together, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah it's, yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. So it's, like I said, I feel you, man. Like, it, have you ever thought about with the, with the, 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 uh, pilot you were talking about just now, the sort of autobiographical one mm-hmm. about your current situation? Have you ever thought about taking like a, and I hate to use this reference because it's so poisoned now because of what happened, but like a Louis type approach? That, that's, like, yeah, that's probably you know, what I'll, yeah. But you, but you know what I'm saying? Like how he kind of, he, he yeah. put it all together himself and edited himself. And, yeah. Uh, I need to, I need to, I keep looking for places, uh, like places where I can actually learn how to edit. I do not know how to edit and, and I'm not like tech savvy at all. Um, do so you? Like, I, you know, I'll get like, uh, uh, like Premiere. Yeah. <laughs> hard time like opening it. I'm like, I, I don't get, what am I doing? So, but yeah, what? I do do that because I, I know like how to, how to cut a story together. You know what I mean? How to put one together. I just don't know how to technically do it. Right. You I know? hear you. What, uh, how far, how, what, the place you're in in Virginia, how far is it from Houston? Um, you are, Let's see. Atlanta is eight hours from me. How far are you from Atlanta? I think it's uh, 11, 12 hours, if I'm not mistaken, like a drive. Yeah. I thought, it, I thought you were about a 20-hour drive, to be honest. My uncle lives there, actually. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, yeah, we can uh, maybe we can set something up. Maybe I can help you out. Like, I'd, I'd love to help you do something like that. You know what Dude, I mean? Like, love that. Yeah. And just to, again, like the stuff I'm looking to do now is just – Either you know, just stuff that I'm passionate about, or for people that I really like, and you're one of those people. Very few, but you're one of them. So yeah, that's how I feel about you. I, that's what that, I mean. That's what we said before we actually started recording. You know. Yeah. There's so you know, I, and I, you know, I, I flirted with doing like a like a low budget sort of just sort of cathartic kind of comedy thing a few years ago. Yeah. And and. It didn't take a lot to get going, and we got some traction with it, you know, and, and for something that we did kind of not just – I don't want to say as a gas, but you know what I mean. It wasn't – we weren't doing it with the intention to do something with it. It still came out pretty good, so I think, you know, approaching something like that with the intent to sort of have something happen, like, you know, we may be able to do it. Yeah, I'd be totally down. I'd even be down to try and shoot it as a short, almost like as a – as like a proof of concept and use it as a pitch, you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Even more going. Yeah. So yeah, totally down to do something like that, man. Yeah, cool. Yeah, and I think that's that's kind of how they started Atlanta out too. And now that I think about it, like it was kind of the same sort of. Oh really? Yeah, let's keep it in house. Let's just kind of do it all ourselves, and then it exploded into what it became. But I mean, I, I love think that's it. sort of the same approach. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Very, that's very, another thing that got me psyched, psyched about doing shit like that. You know, yeah. um, like proving you don't need a shit ton of money and resources to tell a good story. That's compelling. You know, if it's real oh, yeah. and honest, well, so. I mean, like it's, cameras are so crazy good now. First yeah. of all, that honestly, um, I see a lot of, st- okay. I, uh, something I was complaining about. I see a lot of, big budget uh, movies now um, that use these awesome cameras, but everything's overlit to me. Right. Like it right. seems so crisp with like the, all the HD and stuff that it makes it look fake. Everything yeah. looks fake. So I actually feel like, like nowadays you don't need, you need certain key lighting, but you don't need, you really don't need um, 
as much lighting as you did before uh, to make something look really, really cool with some of these, some of these, you know, ultra HD, HD type type of cameras. I actually did something with a good friend of mine. Um, uh, he he gave me the chance to to star in my own thing. We're still cutting it together, and it was skeleton crew, man. It was like yeah. literally like seven people, and you know we're still editing it, but it's awesome. It it's so just good and honest and like i can't wait for people to see that one it's called uh continue 987 and it's kind of a dark comedy uh it flirts with like suicide but also it's about a gamer and he has hallucinations and my buddy who's the director lucas colshaw um he uh he figured out how he's like also an animator so he made all these like awesome like animation hallucination and animation like video game characters around like it's it's, it's cool it's coming out really cool uh, awesome we we did that whole thing for like like under 10 grand yeah you know yeah. what i mean it's not like you can't do it i mean you can do it it's a lot of work yeah. i mean i set my apartment on fire doing that one and busted my head open at the same time <laughs> we got the fire out and you know i got a couple staples and we we pushed on you know what i mean but yeah it's there is you can do it and it looks just as good as any other you know any other indie project although we did it for nothing i mean relative to movies you know not that i don't have 10 grand lying around but you know what i mean like right movies you know that's a stuff that you can potentially kickstart you know yeah for sure for sure well cool man like i i think we're pretty much just about out of time unfortunately i could talk to you all day but <laughs> it's been good to catch up to that to be honest man yeah 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 and i'm glad i'm, I'm sorry it took so long but we've oh. both been busy <laughs> totally. but yeah let's uh if you would just remind people one more time like where they can find you where they can find west of hell sure. uh etc yeah so uh again my name's yusuf abu talib um you can you can uh, definitely follow me on Instagram, Twitter, uh, what was it, Snapchat, any of those, or Y-O-U-A-B-U. They're all the same, at handle, at Y-O-U-A-B-U. And, like, I always post, like, what's coming out next, as well as just, like, my everyday antics. Um, and then you can find West Hell right now at your closest Redbox. I don't know how long it'll be there because it's a smaller film. Um, rated five stars. Rated four stars, you know, whatever you can. That'd be great. If, you know, if you hate the movie, maybe uh, don't rate it. <laughs> then. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, who knows what's coming up next? Maybe our thing. Yeah, hopefully. Well, cool, man. It was great talking to you, and uh, we'll talk again soon, I hope. All right, Mel. Good talking with you, man. All right, Same man. Up. And All say right. hi to everybody. Will do.